Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We have our evening with medium events coming up on April 24th. It is 100% sold out. Thank you to everyone who bought tickets. Um, We're recording, full disclosure, on March 17th. We have no idea what's going to happen with all of the COVID-19 situation. Um, We do know that Eventbrite offers refunds. Um, We are not making a call on the event just yet. We will definitely keep you in the loop um, and do our best to honor everyone's personal decision as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But as of right now, it is sold out. We'll keep you updated, like we said. You have other opportunities to get to events in August and December. Those tickets are available on the website as well. Yeah. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. Those are um, 10 to 15 minute shows. There's a series of five that are grouped together to give you a skill set to help you with your emotional or your spiritual intelligence. Those shows are just loaded with tools. Some of those shows are damn funny. Some of them are just informative. And Kelly and I do our best to help you build a toolkit so that Maybe while you're at home right now, you can get along better with other people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are still running business as usual, yeah. meaning telephone, Skype, FaceTime, uh, Zoom, and WhatsApp. We are not seeing clients in person uh, for this foreseeable future, I guess. Um, but you can call and book your sessions. We are still doing things um, by distance. It's just as efficient, just as effective and accurate. Um, so you don't need to worry about that. Payments can be done via e-transfer as well as a credit card if you're comfortable giving that over the phone. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. So business is pretty as usual for Kelly and I, except for the people locally who like to come and see us. So we're just asking you guys to shift to technology like the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. And I know we've already made an announcement about this. Um, when we switched over to Patreon, there was a period of time between September and February where the video format for Coffee with the Sarlows was limited to patrons. Um, we have since gone and made all of those old shows public um, mm-hmm. so that if you're looking to join us, have company in your home while you're mm-hmm. isolating uh, and being responsible. You can go back to older shows, uh, throw them up on your TV via Chromecast or uh, Apple TV and have us in your living room. We can keep you good company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm all set for today. I just need for you to pick a name of a man for me. Of a man. Mm-hmm. Avery. Avery? Yeah. Oh, you went with Grey's Anatomy again. Like they didn't see that coming. Right. Why does that surprise me? (laughs) Okay, Avery is in his 60s. Oh. Yeah, and um, he's long distance. I should have went with Richard. Do you want to do Richard? Yeah, I do. Okay, we'll go with Richard. (laughs) Okay, so Richard is doing long distance. And Kelly, I I think his session was WhatsApp. Not that it matters to you and I, but I'm I'm saying these different things for people who still think about just being in person so we can see each other. So if somebody's thinking, well, I haven't even heard of that application yet from the app store, we can see each other. And so our session starts and he says, you know what? I'm just going to go open. I booked an hour. I've just been told to try the open session. And he goes, my wife told me. So I said, okay. Um, I said, well, the first thing that I have is a a father, I said, and he's telling me that he's passed over. And he just goes, yeah. 
And I said, is it okay? He'd like to do pretty much your whole session. I said, he wants to like have a coffee with you. And he goes, what? I said, well, did you make yourself a coffee this morning? And Because I can see his desk. I can see that he has a Yeti on it. I just can't see what's in the Yeti because they're solid. And he says, he just would like to have a cup of coffee. And he goes, I just made my coffee. So he says, Karen, I just literally got in the door from the coffee shop. He says, I went and I got a takeout. And he goes, I came in the door, I poured it into my Yeti, closed the little lid to keep it nice and hot until your session started with me. And he says, and I just put it down on the table, thinking that I'd have a co- my coffee with you this morning. And he says, and it turns out that I'm having my coffee with Karen Sarlo and my dead dad. Standard in this house. <laughs> And I said, oh, I think that's lovely. I said, is this a good day then? Is this a good thing for you, Richard? And he goes, it sure is. He goes, I'm ready. He goes, let's go. Talk to dad. Tell me what he's got, what's on his mind. So I asked his dad, I said, how do you want to start this? Like, where do we begin? You're getting, you're talking to your son and he wants to hear what you have to say. And he goes, sure. He says, this sounds great. He goes, the first thing I want to tell my son is I'm a hard ass. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was not expecting that. And he goes, "Um, I'm a hard ass, Karen. And he says, I want to talk to my son about my behavior. I said, okay. And he goes, and the fact that I'm going to describe to him how I was on earth and that I'm going to be honest about it because I wasn't when I was on earth. I would have ignored or dismissed anything that was brought to my attention. So this could be a challenge for Richard because this isn't going to be in character. So please start by telling him that I've gone through change on the other side, that I've gone through an opportunity with my spirit guides to be able to see my life, to see it from a perspective that I never wanted to see, which would be outside of the ego that I was in on earth and more in my spirit form. And I'm thinking, wow, would you even have used any of those words? And he goes, no. I wouldn't have used these words. I would have made fun of them. I said, okay. So I told Richard all of that. And he just kind of, you can see like an uncomfortableness sit inside of him. Like, "Mm, what are we doing here? I don't get this. This doesn't sound like my dad. I don't know what you're doing. And so I had to take a little bit of time to actually explain that there is a change when you cross over and that it would be accurate for a medium to explain his dad's behavior as his dad and that there is a change and that there is a level of awareness. And he goes, Richard goes, awareness. He goes, okay, I think I'm really liking that. He goes, "Um, my wife told me I have to do something. And um, his dad says to me, yeah, fucking awaken. And I said, Richard, did your wife mention the word awaken? (laughs) And he goes, this is freaking me out. (laughs) Yes, she did. And he goes, so I got caffeinated coffee. I figured I was going to need it. So he says, and I don't understand what my wife is trying to say to me, but she's telling me 
that what's going on with the COVID-19 virus is an awakening. And he goes, and I just don't even get that. He goes, I don't even know what the word means other than to get up in the morning. He says to wake up. And I said, ah, so you're coming out of one level of consciousness, which is sleep, into another level of consciousness, which is when you are awake. So an awakening is moving from one level of consciousness to another. That's what you're telling me you understand about that word, if you give me that example. And he goes, yeah, yeah, okay. But I never would have thought of it that way until you had said it. But that is exactly what that is. I just have to slow my brain down. And I said, yes, we're going to get to that. So then I go back to his dad. Now, Kelly, do you want to name his dad too? Ollie. Ollie? Ollie and Richard. So Ollie says to me, my energy is peaceful and calm, the exact opposite of what I was on earth and the exact opposite of my son's energy 24-7. I said, okay. So I told Richard that. I said, you know, this is the energy I'm getting from your dad. And you see, like, and he's a big man. You see, like, the shoulders kind of come down slightly because I can see Richard through WhatsApp. And you just see this little bit of, okay. And I said, oh, did you notice that you dropped your shoulders a bit? And he goes, no. I said, so you're, you're not aware of your own body tension? No. No. And he goes, but I'm a big guy. I lift weights every day. Like I'm, and he is. He's really, he's very big. He's very solid. And he goes, but I, I wouldn't notice the tension, he says, because I, I weight train. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about the weights. <laughs> yeah. But this is how far outside his own consciousness he mm-hmm. is, right? And his dad's just gently trying to help him get there. But his dad has to take responsibility for being the person that created all of the tension in his body to begin with. And lack of awareness. Yes. So his dad says to me, well, Karen, he says, let's get back to me. I was a hard ass. And he says, my motto in life was to get it right. At all costs, you have to get something right. And I said to him, okay, Ollie, right by whose standards? And he goes, exactly. And I said, what? And he goes, exactly. By mine. And nobody else's. And he says, and that went for work because I was the boss. He says, and that went for home because I was the man in the house. And I'm like, wow. Okay. He goes, oh, don't give me that attitude. He goes, because there are still families on this planet that still behave this way. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. It's not in my existence anymore, but it certainly is in many people's, but not in mine because I'm single. So he says to me, "Um, I want you to talk to him about the fact that everything had to be done right. And so there is this high demand for perfection, but it's only by my standards and I can move the standards whenever I want to. And he says, so Richard grew up with a dad who was only looking for perfection. And so he doesn't really understand it then when other people are looking for other things in him other than the perfection. He will get stuck on that. Other people will be able to move on or, quote, you know, let go 
or or whatever you want to call it, just do something different. And he he gets angry if they do things like that because his focus is on that things have to be done the correct way, the right way, he would say. So it creates a lot of friction with his children. And I said, oh, I said, Ollie is saying that you have children. And he goes, I do. And I said, they're all adults and you're even a grandpa. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I am a grandpa. And I said, so this is the way that you've raised your own children. And I said, and the the way that you think your grandchildren should be raised because they are your grandchildren, not because they are their parents' children. Your opinion matters more than their parents. And I think this is a good thing for people to hear because I think people are still in this trap. And I said, holy shit. But that was my reaction. And so he's just kind of looking at me like, and I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to judge. That's just really hard to hear that there's your dad, you, your children, and your grandchildren. That's four generations of people on this planet that are told that their only value is through doing things right. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a shit ton of pressure and pain. And he goes, what? And I said, that's just a lot of pain and no no connection to anybody. I said, so you're not really interested in any emotions. And he goes, no. And I said, and you're still married? And he goes, yes. But is dumbfounded that he's being asked that. And I said, so then there's no way on earth you would go to therapy or read a book on self-improvement or help or want to increase your emotional intelligence in the least. And he goes, well, if it's in the direction of getting things done perfectly, yeah. But otherwise, no. So I said, so there's this very small window of opportunity, which is minuscule for you to have a feeling or a connection to anybody. And he goes, oh, I just fail to see what you're talking about. And I said, because you choose to. And he goes, what? And I said, well, Richard, because you choose to, because that is not what a human is experiencing on earth. I said, that's just simply a choice and you have a rule book and you think everybody has to play by your rules in order to be in your reality. So like if you're in a dream state, we go back to sleeping, then you're going into a dream state where you believe you have full control, but you know when you dream that you have no control unless you're lucid dreaming. He goes, well, I don't even know what lucid dreaming means. And I said, it means that you have control. And I'm telling you that in your dreams, you know you don't. And he goes, yeah, I don't lucid dream. And I said, so the only place that you lose control is in your dreams. And he goes, oh, yeah. Okay, I think I know where we're going with that now. Rough, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that if people are listening to this, they might be like, oh, my God, what a heavy show. Is this ever rough? Yeah, but that's an ex- All of our shows are rough. <laughs> yeah. We, we label them gross and total destruction. Like... <laughs> Yep. Clean it up. <laughs> yes. With the in- Okay. So I'm going to say in this case, Ollie's coming in with the intention to say, 
This is how we've structured things with an intention to control other people. Mm -hmm. This is serving our purpose and nobody else's. And so Richard looks at me and goes, say that again. And I said, Richard, your dad is saying that that served his purpose and nobody else's. And he goes, and you, like he just stiffens. You can see the cords, like you can see his neck muscles stiffen. And I said, so do you understand that in order to do that, he has to wipe you out. He has to erase you. And he turns beet red. So as I see him turning a shade of red, he's not looking down. He's looking straight at me. And I thought, how difficult is that to be a man in his mid-60s and to look at a woman, I'll say in my late 50s. <laughs> I'll say. I am, <laughs> 58, <laughs> um, and to be confronted with that, mm -hmm. like I just think of a level of discomfort because he's avoided therapy, right? Mm -hmm. He's avoided his wife's conversations. Mm -hmm. He's avoided so much in his life, his siblings who've been raised the same way. So he's, av he's avoiding his in-laws. He's avoiding the grandchildren. Anybody that wants to kind of crack that egg, it's like, no, it's, it, this is the rule. This is my house. This is the way that it's going to be. No wonder he works out. Oh, that's an interesting statement. Does he run? Yes, he does. Of course he does. He runs. Yes. I know you have your theories about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you can jump in and explain them if you want. I'll just move through this piece, mm -hmm. but I'll stop and you tell me if you want to explain that. Um, but he talks, all he talks about the fact that, and he takes the time to say to Richard, I am so sorry. When you were a child and you wanted to show joy, I erased it with perfection. When you wanted to show curiosity about something, I erased it with perfection. When you wanted to build a Lego set, if it wasn't to my standard, I erased your version of that you did something well or okay, or your version of perfect, because the mechanisms all ran. So he says, I, I erased your ideas. I erased your thoughts, your creativity, your intuition. I erased what your school system was teaching you, because I didn't want to be old or outdated. That's interesting mm -hmm. because he would come home and I said, you know, Richard, your dad says that you would come home from school with a project or math and he would say, that's not the way you do it. We did it this way. And he would want to show you the long way to do the math equation, even though your teachers were showing you a more advanced way that math was now being presented in school systems. So if you did what your dad told you, you failed, you got marked wrong and then your dad beat you emotionally, and he, he beat your self-esteem that you were stupid. But the stupidity in actuality was that he had done your homework. It was his work, not even you present to say to the teacher, this is my ability to understand what you're teaching. So the teachers could not understand that Richard was not present to be graded. He was not present to learn. And now there's school anxiety in learning. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Because if the teachers are saying, this is how you do a calculus question, he's thinking, well, yeah, but I got to get home and ask my dad how to do the calculus question. Because if he has a different version of it, I got to do it the way my dad wants, not the way you guys want me to. So he's put in such a position to say, how am I ever going to pass? How am I ever going to do well in school? How will I ever get into a college, university, job, career, whatever you want to call the rest of life, because everything is by a dad's ideas, and he has no idea what his dad thinks. And he has to wait to get home to find out what dad thinks and how dad's going to teach him. So I said, okay, so your dad is talking about this process of erasing your ability to know who you are. So you're sitting in front of Karen Sarlo today, looking for your purpose, Hmm. not understanding how it got wiped out to begin with. And that the purpose, millions of purposes in a lifetime can be to understand how your brain functions when you're doing a math problem. Yep, the teachers might be showing you, but it is still self-discovery to take that into your own brain and to know how you figured that out, how you processed it. And I thought, wow, what a wonderful, brilliant way to explain stealing someone's identity, stealing the self, the soul, the connection to it in small, tiny ways where a little boy would want his dad's approval or his dad's lack of criticism lack of putting him down. He wants things to go away. And in order to do it, he has to sacrifice his own experience of life. And then that from that space, this man is now in his mid-60s. That is exactly what he's done to his current wife, his past wives, his children, his stepchildren, his grandchildren, his step-grandchildren. This is, this is a pattern So Ollie comes in and says, I'm owning up to all of it. I want to say in the smallest, tiniest of ways what I did so that he understands the robbing of his identity. He understands how a parent is the one that stole it from him. I was supposed to be part of giving him life with his mother, and I did that and then stole his soul. And so Ollie steps forward to say exactly what he did, to explain that, to identify that it is a pattern, which is something I know you and I love to do for every single client, Mm -hmm. is to help them identify the patterns. It's why people are calling more and more for their sessions, is to figure out the pattern. And then Ollie says to him, Richard, it's not too late for you. It's only mid-60s. If you have 30 more years here, you have decades to change this. For your current wife to call your ex-wives and own up to it, to apologize as I am doing for you today. And again, Richard goes beat red. It's like, what? So I just waited. I said, do you need a moment? Do you want to sit together? Do you need your time? And I will do a check-in. And he goes, yeah. So you see him pick up his coffee and go through his thinking. 
There are several times, and I, and I swear to God, his pause here was a good three or four minutes. It was not a few seconds. That's good. He really paused. And most clients don't because they're like, tick, 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 I'm paying for this. Let's go. I, I paid you. Let's go. No, Richard sat there and all he's like looking at me going, say nothing, say nothing. Like he's like, don't you dare channel. We are on hold in the universe. This man is on hold. He's trying to see if he wants back to his soul. Do not speak. And I'm just sitting there going, okay, so can I just do, can I hold energy? I'm not, I promise not to speak. What kind of energy? And then I'm thinking, oh my God. And I'm thinking, Parker, 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 come. I need, I'm just going to sit here in love. And then I see Andrew walk towards me. And then I see Eric. And then I see you. And then I see girlfriends. And then I see Karen, my best friend who just passed. And it's like, okay, all of you come in. All of you come in and sit with me. We have to hold a circle of love so that Richard can get this. Richard and Ollie are trying to find their way back to each other that Ollie stole from him. Come on. And I'm calling on every best friend I can think of. Gina, come. I'm like, Karen, another Karen. I'm just thinking, oh my God, Val, everybody, get in here. Everybody that I can think of in my world. And I want to say that there are so many souls in my personal world that would do this, that it was like every little energetic being that I could find to give to these two, I called and said, please. And then Ollie picks up his head and there's tears in his eyes. I hadn't realized he had been crying. And he looks at me and he goes, okay, okay. I think this is what my wife is waiting for, actually. Richard? Richard, pardon me. Richard says, I think this is what my wife is waiting for. You know, my wife is on the other side of the door right now, right? I'm sure she's listening to this. He goes, and I'm pretty damn sure she's probably having a meltdown with her fingers crossed that I might just get this. And he goes, so I'm going to yell through the door right now and tell my wife I love her. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> my, my heart is like <laughs> mm-hmm. just growing. Come on, come on, come on. Come on, Richard. <laughs> and I see all these eyes like, come on, is he getting it? And the person who's working the hardest at love is Ollie. Mm-hmm. For as much as I say that I am, and I'm calling in every person I can think of, the one who's trying the hardest is his dad. Finally. Yes. And so I hear Richard turn around and yell to his wife, Maggie, like this, Maggie. (laughs) And then there's like, maybe she's out there or just coming to the door. I don't know. And then I, I think hear, we're laughing at two different things. Yeah. And then she comes to the door and she goes, yes, but it's tentative. Like, am I supposed to you know, look mm-hmm. like I've just got here? <laughs> and he goes, Maggie, Maggie, I love you. And I'm sorry. I haven't been, I have, I've been too bossy. I want everything right. And he goes, I won't tell you I want things right anymore. And you just sort of hear like a hand come to the door. Not like a knock. Mm -hmm. You hear her put her hand on the door. And so I'm picturing her with her hand on the door like, oh my God, like reaching out for him. Mm -hmm. So this is is a Maggie that, or a wife that is standing there going, I still love that man. Are we getting it here? Is this the moment? Is Mm -hmm. this why I stayed? Like what's happening? You just, like, is it going to go backwards as soon as he comes out the door? How long will this last? Because you know, in the past, this doesn't last. Mm -hmm. It never lasts. So you just see her 
or you I'll say I see her because I can, but she stands there with her hand on the door saying, you know, I'll put my hand here. But all I can sense from that is, but this is the last time. Mm-hmm. This can't be another cycle. This can't be another run at the pattern. I saw this really lovely thing on Instagram the other day. Um, it was by a gentleman's account that I follow. He is very much woke. And um, it just said that women don't leave us because um, they don't love us, mm-hmm. because they don't see our potential, because they're mean. They leave us because they can't feel us. And I thought that was that, that hit home really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think very much because of, of what you've done in your in dissolving your own marriage mm-hmm. um, on paper, it dissolved for different reasons. Um, but when you stop feeling someone, that mm-hmm. is that is when we walk away. Mm-hmm. So I get having that hand to the door and just wanting so much for it to work and being will, willing to go through all those feelings, but being at a place of I'm also at a level of detachment that if you don't get it this time, I am walking away. Yes. And what a process Maggie has to go through in that life, in this lifetime with him. And, and the other ex-wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he goes through with every single partner he picks. Mm-hmm. And likely his children. Yes. And grandchildren now. Yes, and that's Ollie's point. It's time to end the pattern. So Ollie says to me, um, I don't let I never let him feel feelings. And this is what you've brought up. So he goes, I just erased his feelings. I, I didn't want to acknowledge them. I just wanted to know what the facts were, and I wanted the facts or the actions to be right. It didn't matter if the feelings aligned with that or not. So I would do what was right even if it meant it was something disruptive or mean. And when you kill somebody's feelings, you don't let them have any emotion. There's nothing to connect to. So he goes, basically, I put my son out into the world to say, go find a partner, but don't feel anything with them. Mm -hmm. Go have children, but don't feel anything with them. Mm -hmm. Don't feel anything in life. So I said, Richard, your dad is saying that this is how he treated you. So you've literally gone through your life without a toolkit to feel. You don't value that in any way. You've you've actually patterned your dad's behavior, even though it's not something that's good to pattern. I don't know how to explain that. But... And, and that it's not getting you what you really want in life other than knowing when you go to bed at night that things were right. But only by your own perception, not even by the person laying in the bed beside you. And, and at that, if you have never actually had experience knowing what you think or feel, because, because then it becomes a chicken or an egg situation, right? If I squash your joy or I squash your excitement or curiosity, then you really learn to not trust what you think. Therefore, you can't afford to feel or think anything, um, there, you can't access any feeling of love or safety, which are the two fundamental things that everyone needs to continue on in life. Mm-hmm. So if all he's doing as an adult, now that he doesn't have his dad around to think for him, then he can't access safety 
or love. Right? And he can't access intuitiveness. He can't trust his gut on anything. Right. It has to be factual. So all he says, I killed my son's intuitiveness. He can't trust himself. So therefore, he feels lost. And if you can't trust yourself, you can't trust others. Right. And yet, he thinks that by just getting things right, that life is okay and that it's actually good. Mm -hmm. So all he brings up, all of these things about not being able to trust his gut, where Richard's able to sit there and go, that's true, I don't. And, And he won't let anybody else acknowledge their gut or their intuition. He makes fun of that. And yet he's sitting in front of me. You know, just for comparison's sake, this grand or this father, Ollie, sounds a lot like Catherine. Catherine. In oh, the show. and Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, I just think of how she squashes anything that isn't her definition of perfect. Yeah. And, and kills hopes and dreams and just wants to just... Um, Destroy. Yeah, and yet her son will always turn to her and say, I love you. Mm. I, Mommy, you're amazing. Mommy, you're the best. Mommy, you're such a strong woman. That's not strong woman. Mm. That's, that's a sick woman. Yes, well said. Sick and strong are not the same thing. Mm. So Ollie comes through and explains all of these things in a whole hour to Richard to say, this is how I behaved. This is what I thought. This is what I did. And then shares it and says, Richard, this is also you. But I'm acknowledging that it's me. I'm saying this is where it began. I'm acknowledging it. I'm talking about it. I'm saying it was wrong. I'm saying none of this was right. You believe it is all, quote unquote, right. It is not. To, to take away someone's intuitiveness, curiosity, playfulness, all of these things is not love. Do you do you know what you did in one hour is what some therapists will never do in 15 years? Mm. This, like, I, I know we are a complimentary service, that there, right. are, there are certain limitations of what we can and can't do. But I think about someone who's living with this and a wife says, please go to therapy. Fair. That's a good oh, resource. Yeah. yeah. But would never actually be able to get down to the to the belief system because mm-hmm. of how buried this man actually is. That if if the if it's just questions of letting him talk in circles about what he feels because he can't access that or what he thinks and he's actually not even sure, mm-hmm. then that's that could be decades of of getting nowhere. Hmm. Okay. And you channeled. The dad. In the first couple minutes, over coffee, I might add, mm-hmm. like to, to unearth an entire four generations of pain, mm-hmm. likely five, if I, if yeah. I you know, think about where Ollie right. had to have learned some of this. But yeah. I, think, I think that's incredible. And I, and I stress that because if you're sitting here, I know a lot of people listen to the show before they actually feel confident to book a session. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are on the on the fence, you know, about seeing um, a psychic or a medium for a variety of reasons, and that's cool. Um, but I think about like if you're listening to just get comfortable with the idea of what you could get out of it, mm-hmm. or if it's a good investment, 
125 bucks for that? Mm-hmm. Sign me up. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wish I had had it earlier in my own life. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wish I got woke. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, being my age, I wish that I had had my awakening far earlier than I did. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know that there will be tons of spiritual people that will say, oh, but the timing was perfect. I get it. Mm-hmm. I understand that you needed certain lessons. I'm still saying in hindsight that I wish it had been different. Well, and I think if you think about people on their deathbed, mm-hmm. what's one of the things they always want back? Time. Exactly. They would, they would spend their time differently. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's an okay thing to... You're bringing up the next point. And that was that Ollie says to me, I'm trying to show my son I love him today by talking about this because he needs time. He, I want him to have the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. I want him to have those three decades. I want to say that I'm sorry. I want him to know that I can love him differently, that he doesn't have to do anything right anymore. I don't care about right. What does he feel? What does he think? I want to know what he thinks. I want to know what he feels. And so I relay that to Richard, and Richard looks at me, and it's just like, uh-oh. Like, it, it, it's just a stare. So his spirit guide stepped in and said, um, our turn. So I listened to them, and they said, the most that Richard has felt his whole life is anger, and he doesn't understand the 15 forms of anger. You're going to have to discuss anger. And so I'm like, okay. So I said, Richard, is it okay if right now, after Oli talks about this with you, that we talk about that there are 15 forms of anger? Would that help? And he just goes, yes. Yes, that would. And I said, is it correct that it's the go-to emotion from the moment you get up all through your day? It, it could be that it's a great day. You got your coffee. You shoveled the driveway because it's it's winter, wherever. And he goes, I don't want to disclose anything, but it's winter. And I said, so it can be a wonderful day. You made breakfast. Nothing. There's been no interactions with humans so far. So as far as you're concerned, it's been a good day. And he goes, did you just say there's been no interactions with humans so far? And I said, well, yeah, that would be where you consider things a good day. But as soon as you have to have an interaction with your wife or anybody, it's all downhill. As soon as you think that you have to speak to your wife, you go into anger. You're prepared for anything to make sure that you're going to be on your agenda of what's right. And he's like, that's really true. My wife says she can't even approach me. And I said, I think you need help to understand those forms of anger. I need pelvic therapy after just listening to you talk about this. Holy fuck. If anyone wants to take a time out just to unclench your ass right now, go ahead. <laughs> we're, we're talking about safety. Yeah. And you're talking about the pelvic. And, and I, I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, yeah, okay, I totally get that because that's where I clenched. Well, and pelvis. a spouse who can't even approach their their partner, that's that's the pelvic bowl, by the way, um, you clench immediately. And he's clenching. Both of them. Yeah, and he's clenching in particular all in the neck, all through the throat chakra, all through the chest area, all across his heart. He lifts weights, but he's got like tight, tight muscles in the chest, his shoulders and his upper back. And so my back starts freaking aching. 
And I'm like, okay, Richard, I need to ask you because I have synesthesia. Is Do you have an aching back and neck? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's just chronic. And I'm like, I bet it is. And he goes, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, we are working in that part of your body as we're talking about processing emotions. And the fact that the only ones you're ever comfortable processing are, are all of the ones in the anger jar, like the 15. Like you just spin, you, you just it's like bingo. You just put your hand in one jar and just pull out a one jar. That's like the whole adrenal yeah. area of the back. And that came up to tell him about adrenal support and seeing a naturopathic doctor, 100%. That was part of the session. So people are hearing that, you know, we, we do past lives, patterns, medium, medical, and that everything gets thrown together. That's why consent is for every single modality we do. Because it does bring all of them in. I wonder if regular listeners are like waiting to hit the timer. When are they going to say the word consent? <laughs> yeah. No one's brought up Patricia Evans' name yet. <laughs> Let's throw that out there. You did. In case you were waiting for that bingo square. <laughs> yes. Yes. We should make a bingo card for our clients. Who listen? And for the, yes, for That's our funny. listeners and have Patricia Evans, the nice girl syndrome, and they could play bingo as they listen to our show. A laughter, Karen's laughter, Kelly's laughter, Kelly's eye roll. <laughs> yes. You know what? One of the listeners is going to make up that card. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It'll be Sherry. It'll be Sherry? <laughs> For oh, sure. I think it might be Julie or Jim. Yeah, fair. Uh, there's a few that okay. I think, Karen, I think there's a few that might uh, send it mm-hmm. our way. But anyway, so just back, because I'm almost done, actually. So is he. Yeah, but it ended so beautifully, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like, he, well, Ollie's conducted a very um, um, well thought out session. He has. There's a, there's a very nice flow to how he's introduced all of those concepts to make each new one a little bit more comfortable or palatable. Yes, and I I I can't thank you enough for pointing that out because I can't do it. No. There's no way my brain could have taken all of that in and organized it and then presented that. That's not our job. It, no, it's not. It, the job is to listen to Ollie and to the guides. And between the guides, their soul, and the people who've crossed over, our job is to put all of that together and to deliver it to the client. And over the years, you and I get to see how it gets smoother and I don't know, just more and more lovely. And, and maybe it's getting more and more lovely and more and more accurate as perhaps more people are becoming more open to hearing it. Hmm. I think it might be directly related. I don't, I don't know. Well, I'm, I can tell you that some don't go smoothly and some aren't <laughs> ready to hear it. And no matter how organized the guides are, it's not, uh, yeah. it's not good. Yeah, that's true. They mm-hmm. do shut... I was going to say they do shoot the messenger, but I almost said they do shit on the messenger. Either or. (laughs) True. We do get shot and shit on. (laughs) Yes. Um, At the end of the session, Ollie says to me, could you please tell Richard I'm happy? This is something he just, just won't sit with him. And I'm like, yes. He goes, I want you to use the word happy because it is nothing it is not a word that would ever have been used to describe me. Mm-hmm. Not truthfully. 
They might have thought I was happy in moments because I got my way or because something was done right by somebody. Hmm. But he says, that wasn't happy. He goes, there's just, a, there's just an other definition of happiness altogether. And he says, I want him to understand that I know what it means now, but I also want him to know that I sadly understand that he does not and that it is my greatest wish and the biggest purpose I have in the other realities now is to support him to feel that mm-hmm. and that I want that for my son. And he says, and then it will by osmosis happen for his partner and his children and everybody else that his life touches. Mm-hmm. So I relayed that word for word to Richard. Kelly, that was the moment. Mm-hmm. That that was that was the moment in the session. You know, as you're talking uh, and and re- recapping Ollie's um, conversation, my mind keeps going back to the Susan and Glucark uh, concerts that we've attended recently mm. and how she's such an incredible storyteller mm. um, and how she presents her, her concerts because she's also very much a keynote speaker is that her mission or her purpose is to correct the narrative. Oh, yeah. And that... That way, I want to say it's almost like her slogan, um, that hits home. And I think about Ollie in this session, and that is very much what he's doing is correcting the narrative, because what he has created is a story for his son about um, what perfection is or what right or good means, right? Because that little boy who came home with math homework or had a moment of joy that he wanted to share with his dad um, was looking for just the connection, right? He was looking to understand what good looked like. And the narrative ended up being something entirely different. Right. And now Ollie has figured that out, how mm-hmm. to correct the narrative. Yeah, in, in within a family mm-hmm. unit, and then hopefully, too, within a gender, within um, a culture, mm-hmm. right, within a community. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, that's, that's what the world is working toward right now. So now we're going to invite our listeners to add Susan Eglukark to the oh. bingo card. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we like, do that? Tagging her and all these fun things. Yes. And then and people will understand that the reference to her name is a correction of the narrative so that love and mm. truth exists in everything and that healing does and all the things that she truly believes in and sings about. Mm. So if we can add her name to our bingo bingo card, go for it, guys mm. and girls. <laughs> okay, boys and girls. <laughs> That's the show. I felt like your Aunt Diane there for (laughs) just a moment. (laughs) And all good teachers. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Oh, Kelly, I'm telling you, my heart grew so much in the experience with Ollie and in the experience with Richard and in the experience with the two of them. Hmm. Like, And I say that individually and then as a triangle. Yeah. And I'll say too, even just with that that little moment of Maggie's hand on the door. Oh yeah. You know, to to empathize because you've been in her shoes. Yes. To empathize on, on whatever level hits home today, if if you're listening and drawing your own parallel. Yeah. And you know, when people are listening to this, they might think of just me and my marriage. And I would say, no bosses. <laughs> bosses. Who just wanted it right. Oh my God. 19 jobs that I left because people couldn't understand 
that a different narrative was healthier than the one they were offering me. Um, family members, mm -hmm. friendships, where that narrative was not honorable. Community committees. Everything. Yeah. I want people to hear that and not think, oh, that was a bad marriage. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in every aspect of life. We have to feel each other. In every aspect of life. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Good. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. You added so much to this conversation. Oh, thanks. I, I can't tell you, like, I can't imagine doing it without you because I tell the story, but you pull everything out for people. Everybody thinks Thank you're you. the one that's smart, by the way. <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> I'm youngish and smart. <laughs> and Karen tells the stories. Thank you. Which, it works perfect, right? Oh, yeah. There wouldn't be a show without you. Well, and there wouldn't be a show without you. The stories aren't the same without learning the lessons from it. Thanks. Yeah. I'm anxious to see how many people will Google Susan Engelkark after this uh, yeah, and listen to exciting. her music mm -hmm. and look up her words and follow her. Mm -hmm. Like, really, it, amongst this COVID-19 virus, this is something I hope everybody wants to share. Mm -hmm. That her music, maybe something like this podcast where you sit and listen, you know, some people write notes, mm -hmm. whatever you do with it, mm. but cool. do something. Okay. Excellent. So if you have questions or comments, you can email us at info at .com. If you're listening on Patreon today, thank you so much for your financial support and mm -hmm. your emotional support. Thank you for feeling us. Um, and if you're listening just with the general public um, on Saturday or afterwards, thank you for being here wherever you're listening from and however you feel comfortable. If you can just take the time um, to like, share, comment, subscribe, whatever your favorite buzzword is, just do it. It helps us uh, reach more people and it helps us spread emotional intelligence. It helps us to connect and feel other people. And that's the entire point. 